right. Uh, good evening and welcome to episode 45 of Pillar Talk. Um, we're here sitting with Justin Carnes, a.k.a. Crimson, with a K. With a K. With a K. What's up, man? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm from Toledo originally, uh, born and raised here. Obviously, I was a wrestling fan. Um, and then uh, currently, I... Uh, well, I spent 10 years uh, wrestling as uh, Conrad Kennedy the third, and uh, I'd done a little bit with that, uh, but basically I was just dob- jobbing for WWE and right. stuff like that. And then uh, um, I was a huge Batman fan, and I saw The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, yeah. and Joker was always my jam as a kid. Right. Like, he, he was like the Roddy Piper, the Hulk Hogan, yeah. in my view, you know? So... Um, Started doing a kind of a Joker-esque character named Crimson on uh, uh, Sports Time Ohio on uh, uh, PWO Wrestling, which turned into Prime Wrestling. And just kind of went from there and then started taking off a little bit and got to do some traveling, got to work in, like, Japan and uh, England. And then in, like, England, I got to know, like, me and Rhino and Corey Graves were, like, a faction over in England. Oh, really? For a minute. Yeah, just for, like, three shows. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like those promotion called One PW, and they were like oh, yeah. the Ring of Honor of uh, the UK. But they had gone through like so many owners. Like we were part of the last, like the last ditch effort. It was basically right. you could equate it to like WCW two thousand. It was just like they had a few guys, but it just yeah, wasn't it, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I had a blast there. They treated me great. Um, but through that. Uh, encounter I also got to be friends with Kevin Nash which changed a lot for me that's pretty sweet yeah so like they had wrestling I saw he was wearing your shirt that yeah yeah um no he's been a great friend to me he actually uh he booked me and Rhino uh they hadn't had wrestling in Aruba for 25 years and he was part of this thing called the bad boys of wrestling federation okay and uh I remember he he Rhino called me one day and he's like, did Nash get a hold of you about doing this thing in Aruba? And I'm like, no. I'm like, what's the date? And he told me, I was like, I, I was like damn it, I'm, I'm booked in Newfoundland that week. Um, So uh, I, I messaged Nash and I'm like, hey man, I was like, Rhino just told me about this Aruba thing. I was like, thing is I'm booked in uh, Newfoundland. And he's like, pay more than they will. So like, <laughs> I like started messaging the guy from Newfoundland. I'm like, hey man, like first time in 25 years. Uh, and then they were like, yeah, go. Actually, I sent, um, Brian Castle and Ben Boone and my, they, they went instead of me to Newfoundland. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I got those guys booked. Castle's like one of my best friends. Yeah. So he actually lives with me, Brian Castle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Um, I love, I love his wrestling. Yeah. We've been attacked. Yeah. I I was actually, uh, me and Rhino, uh, kind of put, helped him come up a lot. With his gimmick and oh everything. yeah 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 dude that gimmick is is I love that one he the tried to be seri- he tried to be serious for so long he really did right <laughs> he was called like the new age patriot and when he first started because me him and Rhino uh, were a car for probably like three or four years at least in some fashion um, and there there could be Boone with us there could be but it was always me Rhino and Castle right so we travel on the road and I'm like you're not serious person <laughs> yeah. you're a ridiculous human being yeah. um and you're funny i was like well, so i one of my buddies who's now on impact wrestling joe doring used to as a goof he may have these shirts made up that said joe doring world's most huggable wrestler and i'm like dude i'm like you should use this gimmick called the world's most huggable wrestler and like then he got on pwo and then it just 
then he started, you know, people started loving him and yeah. doing the high and the wave and the bandana and all that. But um, he says high over there. Hi or something. Right he, he, yep. Oh, high. there we go. High five. High five. High yeah, five. Yeah. I saw a dude, and this is no joke, I saw a dude get out of a wheelchair to high five him once at a prime restaurant. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it, I, 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 he got to the back. I was like, so, I mean, like, are you going to, like, cure the blind now? Right. Or, yeah. But, um, oh, but getting back to Nash. No, it was so funny, though. So we got to Aruba, and, like, Nash had me do, like, Crimson promos. So I sent him over, and they were doing, like, a tv deal and uh or like a commercial for the shows so i messaged nash i was like how i was like hey man i was like how do the promos go over and he goes you're so money you're working me because <laughs> he was like their biggest guy like i'm so like nash had this thing where like the whole show was like a three-day thing right like the first night was like uh basically it was roddy piper and um jerry lawler hosting face-offs between the wrestlers that were going to face each other on night two of the King of Aruba tournament, and then it was going to cultivate it night three. And, like, I was wrestling X-Pac, and so, like, we had a one-on-one. And, Hell, yeah. Yeah, but the problem was that we were sponsored by Balashi Beer, which is, like, the on Aruba's, like, brewery, and we had just coolers of the stuff. And we're not working. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, like, beer's flowing, man. I mean, yeah. I'm like, and all I kept thinking, I wasn't even in gimmick. I just had, like, Kev's, like, just put on a pair of dark sunglasses and, you know, just wear black, which is all I wear anyway. And he's like, and just walk out to the ring. I'm like sitting there going, Jesus, I hope I can stay on the ramp. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. just trying to get out there and like be menacing, but it worked out great. And then like they uh, had me, I got rolled up by X-Pac, but I left him laying. And then that night it was Nash versus uh, Scott Steiner for like the main. And oh. they had me run in and, you know, uh, hit Kev with the belt. And then the next day I was on Piper's pit Roddy Piper turned heel, saying he was glad what I did. Oh, and really? Piper was my childhood hero. Yeah, right. You know what I mean. So it was like so bizarre. Actually, because of this encounter, I stayed close with Piper till the day he died. Like we exchanged numbers and. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, man. yeah. So it was like he opened a lot of doors with me, and him and uh, Big Kevin Piper were not like they were cordial, but they had some stuff going back to like WCW. Oh. So there was at one point where Kev like goozles. Piper and I'm supposed to nail Nash in the back with a chair and get on the mic because Nash was also going to wrestle a hardcore match with me and he just looked at me and goes you you tell me what to do he's like I, I don't do these like this is this is your deal yeah so Kev let me call the whole thing and it was funny because there's one picture where Piper just laying the boots to Kev and we get to the back and Kev looks at me and goes dude <laughs> he's like those shots Killing him. He goes, you want to talk about a fucking receipt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no, it was cool. And then like Nash let me. Nash didn't want to give me his finish. Uh, so I called the finish where I was like, I'll two chairs together, and then I'm like, I'll have you in the corner. Like I'm gonna do like a drive a knee into the back of your head through the chairs. I'll do the cutthroat. I'm like sweep my legs. I'll take the big bump through the chairs. I'll sell up. I was like, give me the jackknife through the two chairs, and he just goes, dude. He's like, no. He's like, <laughs> choke slam. And I'm like, they are going to want to see the jackknife. Oh, everybody wants to get jackknife through a couple of Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wanted to because I had worked with Nash before, but I hadn't taken the jackknife at this point. Right. <laughs> so time for the spot, whatever. And, I, you know, I'm a big – right now I'm, I'm probably about 235, and at the time I was probably around – I would say probably around two, uh, maybe a little bit lighter. I don't know, but around the same size. I try to stay around like 220, but I got in a nasty accident a couple of years ago. But um, 
We might have to talk about that because that one did too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it might. I, we can talk about it. It was brutal. But uh, so Nash goes to give me the power. But I haven't taken many power bombs, so I like I kind of went too early. And Nash just hits me in the back, and he's like, "Relax." And then it was like up, down, through the chairs, right? right. So now these Ruben fans are chanting one more time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so Nash, I see him start doing the. Deal. Big sexy. And yeah, like taking it down, he grabs me by the hair and he's like, You got another one in your buddy? I'm like, dude, for what you're paying me, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Do it twice. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. It was cool. Plus, I felt bad because I botched the first one. So. But yeah, no, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I've got to work with a lot. I mean, like, my Jesus, my first match was against uh, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine ever. My second match was against Road Warrior Hawk. Really? Yeah. So, oh my God. Not that you... I was good. I just uh, like I was out of the. I was trained in a really <gasps> not reputable school in Toledo, starting off. And out of all the guys they had, I was just the only one who looked like I could. I could bump and I could sell a little bit. I what age what did you like. get into it? Like really? I got into it at actual wrestling training when I was twenty three. Okay. I promised my folks I'd graduate college first. Okay. Yeah. So I, that works. Yeah. So. I and mean, what's funny is now I was talking because yesterday we had. Uh, um, like Ale- you know, Alex Shelley is yep. Motor City Machine Guns. I came yep. up with those guys. We all trained at uh, Scott Demore's uh, Can Am Dojo together. Uh, under I told Scott. you I knew them. Yeah, he yeah. did. He we were listening to a video and his name was brought up. He goes, "What? Oh, we know him, don't we? We know that name." Right, <laughs> yeah, right. I thought I knew him personally for some reason. I was like, "Oh no, dude! I I I, I heard of him." Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Like Shelley and Saban are so good, and like um. Uh, at Skull and Bones Pro Wrestling and Fitness, uh, the other head trainer is my the first guy I ever trained, Trey Miguel, formerly of the Impacts the Rascals, one of the hottest free agents like on the scene right now. And like Alex Shelley now trains at Skull and Bones on Fridays privately, but it's not open to the public. But it's like mm-hmm. Alex Shelley and uh, you know trains with Trey, and then they bring in some of our other guys like Sam Beal's been working a lot with them. Um, and, you know, Alex Shelley's taking a liking to him, too. But last night we had uh, Rich Swan, uh, the Impact World Champion, and the Motor City Machine Guns, Shelley and Saban, uh, training for the match against the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega up at the That's school last night. That's fucking sweet, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good seeing those guys. So You, you even got the uh, – we've seen that you wrestled Hacksaw Jim Duggan, dude. I, I, you name some guy from the 80s, chances are I've probably wrestled him. Or really? Yeah, I mean, like the guys that are moving, like you and you name it. I mean, demolition, honky tonk man, hacksaw. Um, Dude, my grandpa would fucking bow to you. <laughs> you should. You should have told your grandpa we were doing the show today, bro. Yeah, he don't follow Facebook. No. Yeah. Even internationally, I've wrestled Mil Mascaris twice, uh, Mexican legend uh, La Parca. I had a feud with uh, Blue Panther. Uh, I actually uh, beat. For, uh, well, I didn't beat him for the title, but I actually he, uh, I pinned him for the title um, when I was champion. He wasn't champion before, if that makes sense. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, like, there's I've and I've gone on the road with Hacksaw. Like, he used to do a lot of tours in Newfoundland too. So yeah, I know Hack real well. He's a great dude, man. He's one of my favorites, dude. He was all right. Do you guys remember um, the Highlanders from WWE? I think I do. Yeah, they were like they were they were in for a little bit. Uh, Robbie and uh, Rory McAllister. They yeah, were, they, yeah. They wore the kilts. They the were kind of like okay. the, the new version of the Bushwhackers, okay. almost. Yep. Great guys. And like Robbie uh, was booked for Demore, and we had Hacks on the show. And it was me and my 
we weren't tag team partners yet, but my tag team partner, John Bullen, who's a former WWE developmental, wrestles with me as Crimson's war child with the Dead Wrestling Society. Okay. That's sweet. Yeah. But then, like, Robbie was like, hey, like, to me and Bullen, he's like, what are you guys doing after? Because we were in, like, Toronto. And we were like, we're probably heading through staying at Scott's. Uh, who lives in Windsor? It's like four hours. He's like, I live in Woodstock. Hack staying there. He's like, my wife's out of town. He's like, dude. He goes, I got booze. I got food. I got everything you need. So me and Bowling were like, yeah, we'll go. And it's like a nice summer night. So we're all outside, you know, having beers and you know, Hacks all likes his, uh, you know, his uh, uh, devil's lettuce. Uh, Hell yeah, that makes me more of a fan. <laughs> but um, so like Robbie plays on the softball team, right? And he's like, hey, he's like. We always go out afterwards. Some of the guys wanted to come by and meet you. Is that all right? And Hacks, I was like, yeah, man, that's fine. You know, you always got the one guy in the group, right? They're all like, so like, this is like 1230 at night. And like, these guys show up from the softball team. Most of them are cool, but you got the one drunk yeah. jackass who's trying to. Oh, hey, yeah. So I'm looking, and I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of John Bolin, but he's the scariest human being I've ever met in my life. I mean, he's just. Great guy, but I thank God he's on my side. Like, yeah. if you're in the trenches, you want him with you. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, like, I just see Bullen staring at this dude who's talking shit to Hacksaw. Like, and I'm just like, how in the fuck am I going to pull Bullen off this dude? Because Bullen's seeing red, and I could tell. And, like, Hacksaw is, like, kind of, like, trying to be nice, and then, yeah. like, uh, shrug it off. He's like, yeah, he's like, okay, boys. He's like, well, it was nice meeting everybody. He goes, uh, you know, we got another show. We got to be on the road early. He's like, but if there, and this is like 1230 in the morning, one o'clock. If there's an ounce of blood pumping through the heart of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you can bet your sweet ass that he's going to say, oh, or something to that effect. All these dudes who are in their like 30s and 40s turn into like eight-year-olds. And, <laughs> yep. <just>, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the? What just happened there? But I mean, yeah, I've had, I've been on the road with him. He knows how to work them crowds, man. Dude, he's hilarious, and he does it even in like, dude, he'll he even starts UFC chants in Canada, but then he'll like also pull out like in he was doing it in Newfoundland or USA, but then he'd like pull out the like for his Hulk up afterwards, he'd pull out the Newfoundland flag and then Newfoundland. Uh. You know, he's no <laughs> dummy. He's no he's making money. Yeah. You know. I I always liked him to come out with that four by four, two by four, two by four. Yeah, I was just like, dude, it's a cool guy. He still sells those. (laughs) He he like he he well he sells them at shows. I know he's got like mini two by fours, so they're not really two by fours, but they're just pieces of wood. But he'll autograph them and sell them. I think he still does it online. That's a good ass fucking right. Yeah, go to Lowe's, get one of those for eight bucks. Well, especially now because like you know. A, a lot of these guys, you know, like, I mean, they they, they do income by, they have income by going to these shows and doing autograph signings right. and stuff like that and selling their merch and that. Well, you know, can't do that right now. So what the hell? Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you ship, yep. you know, the autograph two-by-fours around, yep. you know what I mean? This is, I hit, I hit stone cold over the face with this one. Right, right. right. <laughs> Dude, that's, uh, uh, so when did you start Skull and Bones? I start. We just started. We've been open a little over a year. Uh, two thousand September two thousand nineteen. Oh, you guys got like a full crew in there. Like, yeah. yeah, everybody training and shit. We 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 fucking interviewed like most of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we got great guys. Uh, Sam Beal, like I said, he's doing really well. Brian Castle for men- forgot to mention this guy, so I'm gonna give him a shout right now. The Kenny Urban. Yep, we uh, have him scheduled. Too. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's a great dude, man. He's he's one of the funnier. 
he's he's gotten so much better by uh, training with us, but his promos are. I mean, they always make me laugh. He's one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. That's cool, though. We got like you're a legend, though, because you wrestled all the legends. You've been through every circuit that you in some, possibly. In some people's eyes, yeah. yeah. I, I always kind of it was funny because I was talking to like one of uh, a buddy of mine who I used to work with. He's he's like a he does like documentaries in New York, and I was like, dude, I'm like, cause he's a huge wrestling fan too, and he'll like. You know, occasionally, like, man, I saw you worked with this guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, let's do a documentary just called The Never Was. Because I was never signed. You know what I mean? I right. Like, I was like, but I've wrestled, like, everybody, and I know, like, a bunch of people. But I was like, I... Wait, but you showed up on WWE before. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did matches. I mean, I, I worked for WWE. But you weren't signed? When no, the, no, 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 no. I, just, but, yeah, it was, like, back then. They, like, nowadays, if you want to get, like, be an extra or whatever, you go through this thing called NXT Recruit, and... uh it. You know, I, I don't know how they go about picking guys because, quite frankly, I've never done it. Mm -hmm. um, back when I was an extra, like, around, I think around 2005 to around 2010, um, it was, like, Dreamer was with the company. So it would be either a call from, text from Dreamer or a call from Scott Demore saying, hey, Dreamer needs you in Detroit, Cleveland, and uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, okay. For Raw, SmackDown, and Survivor Series or whatever. Uh, so when it's okay. Yeah, so I would do anything from, like, I would – be making their guys look good um, to, uh, you know, being one of the Undertaker's druids to whatever they need, a security guard, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. So you met the Undertaker? Yeah. Actually, my first. That's his favorite. Dude, I, I, he couldn't pick me out of a lineup, but this is kind of a funny story. <laughs> so my first deal was me and uh, actually a wrestler named Gary Dawson, awesome Gary Dawson. from, uh, And he was coming with me to train at the Can-Am Dojo at the time. And Scott got us booked for Survivor Series as extras. Um, so I'm like, he's like, yeah, you need black pants, black shirt, you know, all that. That's the standard for when you're an extra. Now, I had that, but I had it with me. I was dressed kind of like this. Like, so everybody else is in, I didn't know. So everybody else is in, like, suits and that, black suits. And here I come walking in, and, like, one of the WWE guys stopped me and, like, the officials, and we were like, I'm sorry, who are you? I was like, oh, I'm an extra. I was like, Tommy Dreamer booked me. And he goes, oh, so Tommy didn't try to tell you about the dress code. I was like, no, I got my black, like, uh, stuff in this bag. And they're like, no, no, we'll take it up with Tommy. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I, I just shit the bed, right? I just walked in the door. So luckily, like, um, Gary Dawson's brother, who wrestled as Elvis Elliott, uh, was good friends, like, knew Edge pretty well. Okay. And I knew Edge a little bit from Joe Legend and Rhino, so I like I was like telling him I was like, dude, I feel so stupid. I was like, I, like I walked in like this, but I have my black ear. And Edge goes, you brought stuff to roll around in, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, go get in your roll around gear and just get to the ring. Nobody will know. So I'm like, all right, cool. We ended up being in that ring for a couple hours. I mean, like I was not. I mean, I like, I worked so, with everybody I could in that ring for. Like you hours. were you were training with them? Like, yeah, or yeah. I mean, they were like warming up. Yeah, like me and Gary were in there just doing our chain and that, but then like you could tell guys were watching, and then like Paul Burchill got in to roll around with us, and then like um, actually uh, Kid Cash came up to us because he was with the company at the point, pulled us aside and said, "Like, look, he's like, you everything you guys are doing looks great. He's like, but uh, you know, a lot of these guys here who are on the show probably don't know a lot of that because it was like advanced European chain wrestling types, right?" Stuff. He's like, so you don't want to look like big shots. He's like, you know, like, you know it all. He's like, just keep it basic. So I was like, fuck, I've shit the bed again. Like, this <laughs> oh. is twice now. So now we're done, whatever. They actually didn't need us that night. We still, you, Whether or not they use you or not, you still get paid. Okay. So, yeah, which is cool. So Sweet. 
I, I like got up in my black gear and all that. And Michael Hayes was our agent. And I said, excuse me. I was like, dude, show's starting. I'm like, do they need us for anything? He goes, nobody's got with you about doing anything, any special spots. And I was like, no, he goes, yeah, you're fine. So I was like, awesome. So now I get back into my stuff and I'm just walking backstage. This is where the undertaker comes in. I'm walking and I'm, he's coming the other direction. And I'm like, okay, there's the undertaker. And I just kind of do one of those like nod things. Like, how are you? And I keep walking. I just feel this hand grab me on the back. And it, I you are getting chokeslammed. I, I, <laughs> Tombstone I, I, at I, least. I, I just, this hand, I kind of <laughs> turn this way and he like leans down and goes, sure you be back here, brother. Like I'm a fan who just got back here because I'm not dressed properly. And I'm like, Tommy Dreamer booked me. I was like, I am so sorry. I'll remember the dress code next time. And then he goes, oh, you're good, brother. And I'm like, like I ran to the office. I'm like, can I get a guest pass or something? Like I feel like an idiot right now. Uh, for full visual, what what did he look like? He was he was in gimmick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he had his match that night. Yeah. I was just walking by and he just stopped me. And I was like, oh my God. Um was he as big as I think he is? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big boy. <laughs> Dude, he's a big boy. Um and then uh and he what's funny about Taker is like I didn't I, like again, he couldn't pick me out of a lineup, but I did do because that's what I was there for, right? So, I mean, like, when Sheamus was coming in, like, I remember working in the ring with Sheamus because his original finisher was going to be, like, a boss man slam. So I was in there with Sheamus, and Taker was helping Sheamus, so I was in there with them, you know, and right there. Right, but at that point, you're just an extra. I'm, I'm a body. Guy, yeah. I'm a body. Yeah, I'm just a tackling dog. Okay. Go, go throw that guy in the turnbuckle. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. I dude, mean, I, still, that's cool. Oh, dude, I, I the, my favorite one was. That's I, like every kid's dream. Yeah. Arn Anderson, for whatever reason, like, really liked me. So, like, um, anything, like, he would always pick. If I was there, he'd pick me. So, there was this one time, like, it was in Detroit. They were doing, it was Randy Orton and Triple H. And the gimmick was, is that. Triple H had to throw Randy into the cage hard enough that the cage was rigged and would go up. So Randy would hit the floor and win despite himself, if that makes sense. Yep, yep, right? Yep. So oh, he hit yeah. the floor first. So the cage was rigged. But they didn't know how hard you had to hit the cage. Like nobody knew really. So I see Triple H talking to Arn Anderson about it. And I see Arn Anderson start looking over at me. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what's about that. I'm like, uh, like I'm sitting there. I'm with like Nate Matson and Eddie Venom and the other guys who used to always be extras. So, like, Aaron Anderson's like, young man, come over here. So I jump the rail or whatever. I walk over there, and I'm like, yes, sir. And, like, Triple H is like, you know, how are you? I'm like, good. He's like, so then he goes back to talking to Arn. He's like, yeah. He's like, so what we're going to do here is they're going to lower the cage. He's like, I'm going to get in there with this kid, and then uh, I'm going to see how hard it's going to take to hit the cage. So now I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, wow. I'm about to get thrown through a cage by Triple H. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. And then like, Arn Anderson looked at me and he goes, aren't you glad you showed me you could work? And I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah. So like we get in the ring and Triple H is just like, just hit the cage as hard as you can. I'm like, all right, cool. So like I hit it the first time and I didn't get enough like, oh. yeah. So it kind of flew out, but nothing big. So I'm like, I, I go, I got, let's, he's like, you got another one? I was like, yep, let's do it. So I'm like, all right, all right. I'm, I'm here to impress. Cause like McMahon's watching, Randy Orton's watching, everybody's right. watching. So the second time I run and I hit the, I got my arms up in an X like to cover my head and I hit the cage and it doesn't budge. And I kind of just slide down the Ooh. cage 
And that, that was, was the wrong side. No, it was because Arn Anderson was leaning up against the cage, talking to uh, <laughs> Tim White what about something else. Dick. And like, he like looks over and he's like, well, young man, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And triple H is like, you got another one in you? And I'm like, Oh yeah. So like this time I like hit this thing that, I mean, I hit it as hard as I can. Cage flies open. You hear this huge smack, right? That's and you. Nate Matson told me this later. And it was just like, there was like a hush because everybody's like, ooh. Yeah. And then I jumped up like this. And I was like, how was that? And like everybody lost it. And like Triple H like looked at Vince. He goes, Vince, Vince just looked at me. and goes, fuck yeah. And just walked yeah. away. And like Randy Orton came up to me. He goes, I just want you to know I'm, I'm not going to take that like that. He goes, I just want you to know I'm not going to hit the cage that hard just, yeah. just so you know <laughs> that dude clearly has a brain injury now <laughs> so <laughs> you never talked to vince mcmahon no i met him uh yeah i met him once i bet it was like it was the weirdest encounter ever um i would feel like vince mcmahon would be a weird encounter. dude he's just really intimidating i mean like even like i mean because he's ripped dude uh, still well not even that but i mean it's just like it's like it's like hey here's the wrestling czar you know what i mean yeah the god so it's like yeah and you know i don't get like really like I'm, I'm fans of guys and stuff like that, but I'm not one to get like starstruck. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll, I can usually shoot the shit with anybody. Right. In wrestling and like, but I'm like walking by McMahon and I was like, I gotta say something, right? And there's nobody else there. It's just it's after a show. I'm heading to my car. He's coming the opposite direction, and I just kind of lock eyes with him. Is like, and then there's that bullshit thing where back in the old days they used to have this really weird handshake where it was like super light. Like if oh, you, like that taint, the yeah, like this, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm sitting there, and this is all going through my head as in like a split second as my hand's going to meet his. And I'm like, do I shake his hand hard? Do I do this stupid thing? Do I taint him? He's been around forever. His family's been around forever. So I'm just like, screw it. So I just kind of went in with a handshake. I was like, how you doing, sir? Justin Carnes. He's like, Vince McMahon. And then like two steps, and he's like, young man, come back here. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is my chance. <laughs> So now I'm like, I'm like, what is it with WWE shows? I keep shit in the bed. Yeah. Um, I turn around and I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, shake my head again. So this time came in with a grip and he just looks at me and goes, I'm Vince McMahon. And then just pat me on the shoulder and walked off. He didn't appreciate his handshake that he gave you is what that was. No, it was that I was didn't come in hard enough. Okay, because yeah. I myself, when I get that when my my hand doesn't connect, well, I need the next. I need yeah. to redo that. I first. mean, maybe I didn't ask him to be like, "Hey, man, was that handshake cool?" Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, but that's how I took it. Like, oh, I didn't shake his hand hard enough. Well, I mean, you got you got to touch some of the best wrestlers of all time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got touched by the Undertaker about shit your pants, dude. You should have been like, dude, Tombstone me for the just for one just one on time. the concrete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seemed needless. Seemed needless yeah. to me at the point. I'm not that big of a fan. <laughs> Didn't they uh, ban the the tombstone because it broke somebody's neck? Or I think pile drivers in general are pretty much banned nowadays. I mean, um, as far as WWE, I mean, I, I, uh, unless it's the Undertaker, of course. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. The yeah. legend. Yeah. I, I mean, I I won't take him. But if you notice, dude, Undertaker, he really does it good. Oh yeah, he, no, he's no, got. No. It, well, he's big enough. Yeah, and he when he when he hits that dude don't. I mean, because if you did that, you right. No, listen. I, I mean, I like I getting back to Nash. I won't take power bombs from people. I mean, for Nash, I would. But if you just oh, say, yeah. "Hey, what about power bomb here?" I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, no, no. Think of something else." Yeah, that's um, <laughs> looks cool, but I won't take power. I, I won't. I mean, like I almost like when I was younger, I didn't. I never gave a damn about getting hurt. Is is Scott is Scott Steiner in real life a dickhead? 
No, he was always real cordial to me. I actually I have a fun story with working. I'm going to take this off to him a yeah, little bit more. Yeah. Um, I actually have a fun story working with him. So it was in uh, this uh, promoter named Dave Martin used to run these really fun shows called uh, Primetime Wrestling out of the Diamondback Saloon in um, uh, in Michigan. And um, the one show, it was like me and this dude named Brad Martin versus uh, Scott Steiner and uh, – uh, Petey Williams as little Petey Pump. And he was doing that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I've known Petey, like, since before he got it with Impact. Like, he was there when I first started. So I won't... I injured my neck early on to where I thought I broke it. So I, I never take... it. Like, somebody says, hey, what about an overhead suplex, which Steiner does, I'll, I, I'll tell him no, because I, I don't... Like, if I'm going overhead, uh, I've got to be guided. Yeah. I don't want to be just thrown in the air. Like, you've got to guide me. Does that make sense? Like yeah, a suplex, yeah. my that. head's protected, right? You're not just gonna throw me in the air, like. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, I get that. 100%. Support mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I'm like, look at PD. I'm like, what? What are the? Because I had to do a promo with Steiner in the beginning, in, in beginning of that, and I'm just, what are the chances that uh, I don't have to take an overhead from Steiner? What if I tell him like my neck's bad, and he's, he just looks at me, and goes, he's just gonna throw you anyway. He's like, he's strong enough to <laughs> right. do it. So I'm like, so I'm like, oh man, you know. I'm, you know, because I, I hate taking them. I had a, a friend of mine, Colin Delaney. Um, he when he was at WWE, he had. I was supposed to be wrestling that Kozlov dude, and he did them. And I just like I sucked at. I hated him taking them, and it's just it's just not natural to me. Anyway, so fast forward. So now we're getting ready to go out there uh, in like probably about twenty minutes, and Steiner's like, "Hey, does anybody have any ideas?" So I, I, I'm like, I, "I I I got one." So I'm trying to think of anything to take up time, so maybe I'll forget about these overheads, right? So I cut a promo on him in the beginning, and then he comes out, and then he starts to walk away. And I, he's, we're in Michigan, so I, was, I said something. This is why I was Conrad Kennedy the third. I was like, just like a Wolverine to walk away from a fight. And of course, oh, you know. Yeah. So I was like, when we get in there, I was like, and at the time I'm like, this when I was CK three, I was like 220 pounds maybe. Okay. And I'm like, I'll challenge you to a test of strength. All right, and so in, I, and I'm telling Scott Snyder this. I was like, we'll lock up for a test of strength. I was like, obviously I'm going to start losing. When I start going down, I'll give my tag team partner the Iggy. He'll crawl through my legs, punch you in the stomach. You'll go down to both knees. Now I'll be winning, right? I was like, now, when you start fighting back up, get the crowd behind you, I'll give my tag team partner the Iggy, have Petey go through your legs. So, like, they'll, they'll meet in the middle, right? And, like, they'll both be crawling through our legs. They'll meet in the middle and then have Petey pop Brad Martin, who was my tag team partner, in the head, which sends the back of his head into my crotch, Big ha-ha spot. And he's like, and Steiner's like, yeah. Then after that, he's like, I'll hit you with the line, the Steiner line. He's like, I'll drop the elbow, do the pin, do the push-ups. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's great. And he's like, yeah, then the hot comeback, it was just like clothesline, clothesline, like easy. Yeah. And like Petey's just look afterwards, Petey goes, because the thing I called was a midget. It was like an old, like, 60s midget spot, a little person spot, whatever you want to call it. Right. But, I mean, it was like a comedy spot. And like... Like, Petey, even DeMora goes, I can't believe you got Scott Steiner to do a midget spot. <laughs> that was funny, <laughs> But yeah. we, I avoided any sort of, like, like I, I, I was put into the uh, the Steiner recliner, which is incredibly easy to take. Yeah. And, like, Petey put the sharpshooter on Brad, and that we both dapped out at the same time. And I'm like, whew, dodged a bullet there. Yeah, what a good one, dude. <laughs> what, that's crazy. Have you, do, do you, uh, uh, since you have so much experience, do you like calling it in the ring? 
Do I like calling it in the ring? Yeah. No, I mean, like, usually, you know, calling it the ring is kind of a lost art. It's not done too much. I usually, what I do is I'll have bullet points. Like, I'll be like, hey, man, this is this this is what I'll do. Like what do how comedians do it. Like, like yeah, that's yeah. You feel, well, you have to. You have to feel off the goal. Like, I've been, like, when I was on Prime Wrestling, which reached a lot of places, like, uh, gar- like I mean, we had a great roster too. We had like, um, you know, Johnny Gargano was on there. Uh, Matt Justice from GCW, Gregory Iron, uh, Vic Joseph was the commentator. I mean, we had a lot of guys who've gone on to do, do some really cool stuff. Like Gargano told me that I mean, he was watching Prime when he was in Dragon Gate in Japan. They were getting it over there on satellite. So I mean, like, oh really? Yeah, a lot of people saw it. So I was wrestling uh, this uh, dude named Austin Mannix, who's really talented now. But this is when he was first starting. And he was, like, their face champion. And I'm coming in as the heel. And it was, like, this little show. There's only, like, I'd say less than 100 people there. But I'm on TV, even though it's, you know, on Sports Time Ohio. But they recognize me from that and the promos and all that. Right. And I'm the heel coming in here. Well, we start wrestling, and the crowd starts chanting, Crimson's going to kill you. <laughs> oh, shit. And he's the baby face. So while we're working, I said, look, I, I, I had him in a chair, and the original thing was... I used to give a guy, like, I had him on the outside sitting in a steel chair. I'd chop him, like, three times then take off running. I'd hit him with a running, rolling European uppercut, which would send me into the floor, just look nasty, and the guy would go backwards. Right. So I start setting it up. I said, move. I was like, I'll eat the chair. Just start taking heat on me. Like, we got to change this now. Crowd's not buying it. Like, we got we to gotta flip this on the fly. Like, I'm, I'm going to. So now I'm going to be working face. You're going to be working heel. And now, okay. and now we'll call it because we we have to change everything up. Okay, because if the if the crowd reacts differently, yeah. then you got to go on the that's, fly. Yeah, I mean, but like, that's like the only time you have to do it. Then yeah, I mean for like for like WWE, and that's different because like I mean like one of my uh, matches was um, it was me and Eddie Venom, uh, Jay Adams, who's now like a, he retired from wrestling, but he does like stunt work and that now. And um, versus uh, Jesse and Festus. Yep. One of them was Luke Gall, you know, big LG yeah. now. But that's when they were first starting off in WWE. So, like... We, I remember them. Right? Yeah, we we were, like, one of their first matches. So we had a six-minute match, and it took us an hour to call. I mean, I mean I, I'm... Like, I'm used to... You know I mean? I've been on the indies for a while at this point, and this isn't that much to remember, but they had to, like, write it down. Not because they had to, because Arn Anderson was our agent. Arn asked them to. Okay. You know, and like, so we're like in catering and they have to write all this down and like return it back to Arn. And they had to go kind of like that because of TV constraints, time constraints, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so that had to be more scripted. Yeah. So because... it's more, so that stuff's more like it's my experience right now. It's more scripted. Now, if you've been with the company for a while and you've, you've got a little more pull, I'm sure, you do it, you know, you have more freedom. Yeah. But yeah. for a couple guys just coming in, and I remember Aaron Anderson telling me, he's like, all they gave me, I had one clothesline. That was it. I, I was allowed one clothesline. Ernerson said, you've got one move. He's like, make it count. Oh, and wow. If, and if you watch it, like, I, I, I hit the clothesline on Ray Gordy, uh, Jesse, and I, I leveled him. I mean, I hit him as hard as I, I mean, it was just, like, Hanson ain't got shit on me. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I made it count. Yeah, that's. That's crazy. So, was that like? Did you feel like that was your uh, time to shine? You had to shine even harder in the W. I mean, yeah, you're on national television. Right? Yeah, but I mean, I'd done. I mean, I'd done some of those. I mean, and, and some other friends of. I mean, it's cool, like to experience. Like it's crazy, but it's also like that thing of where it's like my actually speaking of hacks, my last match against Hacksaw was in uh, sold out Joe Louis Arena. No shit. Before Raw, yeah, 
Oh, wow. That was a funny story, too, because, like, um, I worked with Hacksaw a couple times on the Indies. We're in Detroit, and, like, uh, Mike Rotundo came up to me, and he was an agent. He's like, have you ever worked with Hacksaw before? I said, yeah, a few times on the Indies. And he's like, oh, okay. So I see him going talking to Hack, and Hack walks up to me. He's like, I know you. You're C-something. I was like, CK. Yeah, CK3. And he's like, okay. He's like, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, well, uh, we've got about uh, five minutes, so uh, you know my match. And that was it. Like, we didn't call anything. So now, as I'm about to go out there, they're about to, like, send me out to the ring. Hacksaw comes up to me and goes, ah, they just changed it. We got seven. So we'll just stretch out there. So I'm like, hey, it's a sold-out Joe Lewis. Right. I guess I'm letting Hack in the driver's seat. Um so they gave us seven. It was, it was easy though. I mean, it was a hacksaw match. I mean, it was just he just we just called it, and it's not like we're doing you know it's hacksaw. We're not doing tackle, drop down, hip toss, get it again. You know? Right. You gotta you gotta you gotta know the wrestler you're wrestling too. Yeah. So so you go in there and you gotta talk with him. So you choreograph it with him. He well with hacks. I mean, I'm like or you just if he's the vet, I'm yeah. like, I'm he's calling. Okay. It. Yeah. 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 He's calling it. And then, so how do you, these these young talents that you have in your gym, how do you get them, like, what, what's the training like there? Um, well, so we're there, like, four days a week. Um, so Sundays are our open ring days, which means, like, if you want to try out a spot, if you want to work on a move, if you want to work on promos or film promos, that's the time to do it. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm there, Trey's there. Like, we're here to help. Oh, everybody's, okay. Yeah, so it's like, I'm not, I don't even take roll call. Like, this is your time to get extra work in, okay? Then Mondays and Tuesdays are drilling days. That's when we're doing cardio. That's when we're doing spots. That's when we're doing our drills, drills, drills. So that's Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesdays kind of, it depends on who's there, but it's kind of a, a maglamation of everything. Like, if we, got, if we got enough of our team captains there where we can have matches, we'll do it. If we've got guys who aren't ready for matches, then we'll just do some spots or, or whatever. So it's kind of like an easy day, two really difficult days, and then another kind of easy day. How is that running through to ring to ring, the side of the ring, whatever? What's that called? What's it? Running from belt buckle to belt buckle? Oh, just running the ropes? Back yeah, running the ropes. Yeah. yeah. How, how yeah. hard is that? Is that what you do for a lot of cardio? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you do other things involved with that. Like, I mean, like one of our drills is, like, we have them, like, um, they'll begin with this and they'll end with this is like, uh, they'll, two guys will get, they'll um, partner up, they'll lock up, right. One will take a headlock, then they'll shoot the other, the guy in the headlock will shoot the other one off and then they'll crisscross 10 times and then they'll circle up again, lock up. Then the other guy takes the headlock, shoots them off and then they'll crisscross 10 times and then they'll meet in the middle and lock again. Fuck. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just drills like that. Like, you know, I mean, Trey's. Trey's an architect, man. Like he he comes up with a lot of these sweet drills, and then um, we got great coaches over there. Like uh, me and Trey are the head coaches, and then we got uh, Brian Castle, Ben Boone, our assistant coaches, and uh, gentleman uh, who wrestles. He's out of Michigan. His name's uh, Dickie Bronson, uh, Rich, uh, or Mister Bronson, as he's known as a school. But he's he's a, like great at like joint manipulation moves and okay. chain wrestling. And then, like I said, we got Alex Shelley. He's doing his private classes out of my school on Fridays. And, um, you know, and then we got, like, actually, while I'm here, we got Rhino coming tomorrow yep. from 4 to 6, Skull and Bones, $25. Uh, uh, Rhino's been around. He's still, I mean, he's still relevant, relevant, relevant 
today. Yeah. You know, for how Very long relevant. Yeah, for how long he's been wrestling. He's in my city. Uh, he has that boatyard. Yeah. Up yeah. in my city. I see him on my buddy lives right there. I'm over his Big house daddies. all the time. Yep. Yeah, I see him out there. He was out there fucking with some shit the other day. I'm like, dude, it's cold out here. This motherfucker out here busting ass. And almost 90, you'll almost never see Rhino in pants. He almost always wears shorts. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, I seen him in the DMV, too, and I was like... <laughs> I locked eyes with him. I didn't know what to say. I was like, "Oh fuck, dude! I just ruined it. I could have said hi to Rhino." No, he's just. I mean, he looks intimidating as hell. But he's a, he's a, he's extremely well read, extremely intelligent. Oh, I I fucking loved him when he was on when I was a kid. I loved yeah. him. But it's it's funny because he also you know he's big into politics. And when we would do these new, this is one of the funny. Oh my god! So when we would do Newfoundland tours, it was like. Um, we'd fly into St. John's and Newfoundland's an island, but it's province of Canada, but not a lot comes there. So like when wrestling's in town, especially if you've got Rhino, yeah, you know, WB superstar, like dude, like these, these towns would empty out into the local, you know, arena, gymnasium, yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> uh, so it, but it, you do it like a loop on the island. So sometimes you're driving like five, six hours between shows. And our car in Newfoundland was, because me and Rhino usually came as a pair and we'd room together, and it would be me and him, a gentleman uh, by the name of Cowboy Mike Hughes, who's awesome. He's from uh, Prince Edward Island. And uh, the promoter was a wrestler named uh, Mr. Fantastic. And then we that was our car, like in Newfoundland. Like we'd always, the four of us would always travel yep. together. Well, Mike would love to play devil's advocate on American politics versus Canadian politics. And he'd do it to get Rhino in these conversations basically just to annoy me because i yeah. was like dude i'm not like this isn't my jam swallowing you yeah. guys up in a wormhole for no reason so this one time we're driving it was like a four-hour drive and it still starts almost immediately about gun control and like this go then it loops into something else four hours to the building we get to the building. It continues two hours before the show. Show is starting. They're still arguing. <laughs> we're getting to our match, which is a tag team match, right? We were doing it every night. I finally lose my mind and go, who's taking the fucking gore? Am I taking the gore? Is Cowboy taking the gore? Just tell me who's taking the fucking Because we're about to, we're next. Just tell me who's taking the fucking gore. <laughs> and like Rhino, like locker room's kind of quiet. Rhino just calmly looks at me and goes, you don't have to get hot about it. <laughs> you've been you've been arguing for fucking I seven said, hours. <laughs> How long have you known Rhino? Um, I've known Rhino. I got it. I I knew him because he'd be at Scotts occasionally, just coming up there to train. But I got friendly with him when, uh, like, I really got to know him and really started traveling with him when uh, Impact Wrestling was bringing me in as Crimson. Like, that was the original plan. Yeah. So, like, Demore called me, and he goes, it might be a... And Rhino was on his last two loops with him because his contract was ending. Okay. And uh, But he still had great relationship with everybody in the company. And, like, they had emailed me about bringing me in as Crimson. And, like, Demore's like, it'd be a pretty good idea for you to get, uh, you know, go on the road and meet some of the guys backstage and all that. Right. So I did. So I went on the road with Rhino, and that's kind of where we clicked and started okay. traveling together. Oh, how, how many years ago was that? Oh, that was, like, 10 years ago. Oh, so you guys have been tight ever since. Oh, yeah. He makes a lot of appearances to the Skull and Bones? Or? Um, occasionally. Like, I mean, he's been up there a few times. Um, like, he, we had a, uh, Joe Legend, who lives in Germany, who trained me originally. And him, Rhino, Edge, and Christian were a group in uh, Detroit when they, before they were signed called Thug Life. So they've known <laughs> each other forever. So, like, Legend Oh, came Detroit in. boys. All, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. Michigan well, boys. Well, 
uh, Edge and Christian. They're Canadian. Joe. They're Canadian. They're yeah. Canadian. Okay, but yeah. They used to wrestle in this in Detroit for actually. I, I think it was Malcolm's uh, granddad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, MM3's granddad, I think. But yeah, they were a group called Thug Life. MM3's granddad. Yeah, yeah. with handsome Johnny Bradford as their yeah. manager. Uh, so we had Legend in for a seminar, and then we had Rhino and Legend do a tag team seminar too. Oh, that's cool. So we had two seminars, yeah, last year. Um, but we've had like other uh, good guys in, like we had the Rascals in before uh, Zach and Dez went to WWE. Um, uh, we've had Gregory Iron in to do a seminar. Uh, Billy Gunn, we had we had to do that on location because Rhino was bringing him for a show, but we had. Billy Gunn in for a seminar, who I know from Aruba, because he was on. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, me and Rhino would rib him endlessly. <laughs> Billy Gunn, like to this day. Like, do, you, uh, do you think it got picked on in all locker rooms? What's that? Do you think it got picked on in all Billy locker Gunn? rooms? Billy Gunn? Oh, God, no. Uh, <laughs> if you, you you see Billy, that's that that's a man. Like, you see Billy Gunn, yeah. he's a big jack dude. And, like, I, for whatever reason, like, Rhino just started, we were in the locker room, and then, like, me and Rhino just started screwing with him. <laughs> and then, like, after Aruba, like, I would, I would, like, message Billy and be like, so when me and Rhino, when, so, uh, Billy, me and you and Rhino, when are we going camping? I would just keep bugging him about going camping. <laughs> like, I'd send him pictures of, like, three-man tents and be like, I got the tent today. And just, like, <laughs> yeah. And he would just be like, mother. Fucker, would you quit texting me? <laughs> but he's always been a good sport. I mean, like Billy Gunn's a really good dude. Um, he's a, like he actually showed one of my promos at AEW, like to the, some of the higher ups there. And um, that's a uh, American Elite, the All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. All Elite, yeah. yeah that's TNT. Cody Rhodes shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He but, just hit me yesterday, like, you know, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. I, looked I saw, at I saw the, a belt for him at Walmart just yeah, the other day. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They have a, they have Dean Ambrose on there under a different name and stuff. Well, his original name before he got to WWE was John Moxley. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, he wrestled a lot. Him and, like, Sammy Callahan were called the Switchblade Conspiracy as a tag team for CZW. So. I, I like what Cody Rhodes is doing. I like. I see Goldust is in there with some different face paint, looking old as shit, bro. Yeah, no, he, man, you gotta give Dustin Rhodes credit, man. I mean, I he, give him credit, yeah. but Goldust, dude, honestly, Goldust was one of my like. It was I wouldn't say top ten favorite, but he was in my top fifty favorite wrestlers. The most recognizable. Out, I, I I rooted for him. Yeah, he kind of reinvented himself with AEW though, because he's doing like the half paint thing. Yeah, but he's in the best shape. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't know him from Adam, yeah, but yeah. he's in like the best shape. Is I mean, he? I've I've seen him in wrestling. I mean, and he's. I just seen he looked old. I was just thinking. I mean, he's get. On. I mean, he, he, but if you watch him move, I mean, he he. I mean, he is old for a wrestler. You know, he's in. Right. His, I mean, it's got to be in his fifties. Got it. Has to be. Yeah. Dude, I've seen Goldust forever. Remember he's moving better than me. I'll tell come you. Come out with the wig on and the bathtub sometimes mm-hmm. and shit. Like, what the fuck out. Yeah, it was a different era. I mean, they they were trying to push that vibe. You know, that was sweet yeah. though. I that, that I mean, was remember when him and I think it was him and Al Snow were. Go, I, I can't remember if they were a tag team or something. Maybe, but you know you had Goldust's weird shit, and then Al Snow's going head, and Goldust is like, hmm. yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah, I mean that stuff probably wouldn't fly <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I look at the WWE nowadays, and I'm like. I stopped watching WWE for a while, you know, growing up being a well, dumb, you, 
yeah. dumbass. Gr- growing up, like, I don't need to watch wrestling. And I come back, and it's a lot. There's a lot more acting, I feel like, on it now. Yeah, I mean, well, right now especially, because they're just they're throwing everything at the wall. I mean, oh, there's you, nobody in there. You can't have you know people in there. So that's, I mean, some of the stuff, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm a huge fan. I like, I, I watch all the wrestling and tell all my students, uh, you know, like I, I get it. You know, everybody wants to work this fast paced style, but if you watch older wrestling, like one of the, uh, the uh, I, I also know Bret Hart pretty well. And, uh, one of my favorite matches was the brain busters versus the Hart foundation. And like, I, I, I was watching it the other day and I actually texted Brett and I was like, you know, I was like, how long did like, I'm watching this. It's amazing. I like, if you guys got the network, look it up. It's amazing. It's like SummerSlam 90 or 91. It's the first match, and it's awesome. It's one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. And he's like, yeah, we only worked that pay-per-view and, like, two other house shows. And I was like, what? I'm like, dude, that could have been a program. That was money. Right. Holy shit. But, yeah. What Uh, about... uh, what about your accident? What kind of accident did you get into? Oh yeah, no, um, yeah. So I was wrestling for this group, um, which I guess is under the same flag as like uh, Evolve and like all Gabe Sapolsky's groups. It was called. It was like their hardcore promotion called American Combat Wrestling. And we heard uh, about it. One of them. Yeah, and then uh, they brought me in, and they were doing like vignettes, and they had like me doing promos every week, and it was out of uh, Florida, and um, I flew in for that, and. Um, it was like, it was like their WrestleMania, but it was like held at this like bike fest or whatever. So it was like, not really, there was people there, but it wasn't, I didn't get the vibe of we wrestling fans. You know what right. I mean? It was more like we were just there, um, as like an attraction, but whatever, you know, I'm a team player and they, they had me come in for this hardcore match. It was like, it's supposed to be a three-way cage, hardcore falls count anywhere. It was just like all this horse shit. And, um. Which I was fine with. I was like, all right. And then, like, it was me, this dude named Sideshow, and this other dude who was their champion named Romeo Corvito. Um, I had been there since noon and already wrestled once. Um, Sideshow shows up there around 5, which is, the show didn't start till 7, which is usually a good time, like, two hours before show. Right. Um, so we're, like, kind of, like, seeing what we got. And we're like, where's, I'm, like, asking him, like, where's this other dude? And he's like, I don't know. He lives in town. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, show starts. Dude isn't there. Like, so now we're at intermission, and I just said, fuck it. So I just called the match, and I said, look, this is what we're going to do. Boom, we'll just fill him in when he gets here. So, because we had weapons to play with and stuff like that. Right. So now we get the, this dude shows up, like, 40 minutes before the match. Ten of those 40 minutes before we're supposed to go out there, he's showing off his ring gear, entrance gear he made, and it lit up. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, to him it's WrestleMania. To me it's Saturday. I don't give a shit. Right, right. So I'm like, hey, man, I was like, look, you know, this is what we got for the finish. I was like, uh, I'm going to be selling up in the corner, and we're going to have a table propped in the corner. Sideshow's going to charge me. I'm going to side pass him. He's going to take himself out into the table. He's done. I was like, you cut me off. I'll do something cheap. I was like, I'll put you on the top rope. I'll get the table. I'll set it out so it's like he's sitting on the top rope on the top turnbuckle, and I've got a table laid out. Yep. They had like 5,000 thumbtacks. I was like, I'll pour the thumbtacks on the table. I'll go for a superplex. You shoot underneath. Power bomb me through the table of thumbtacks. I'll sell up. Kick me in the gut. Hit me with the Michinoku into the thumbtacks. One, two, three. 
pretty good finish. Uh, yeah, I like it. For a hardcore yeah. match where you got thumbtacks, a table. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. He's like, but I really want to hit a moonsault. And this guy's like 260 pounds. I want to hit a moonsault on you from the top of a cage on a table on the outside. And I'm like, after I just did a, like, took a header into a table of thumbtacks and another one? I mean, uh, what are you going to do? Shoot me? Set me on fire next? Yeah, I'm, bull- I'm bulletproof yeah. now. You've made me bulletproof. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the dumbest shit ever. But I'm like, all right. I talked to the promoter, who the guy who booked me for it, and he's a buddy of mine. I'm like, can this dude do it? He's like, yeah, he's really athletic. I'm like, all right. So now we do all the shit. And so he's supposed to set me up on a table on the outside, crawl, climb to the top of the cage, and do a moonsault onto me through the table and pin me right there. One, two, three. It's a long ways up, right? Yeah. Especially if I'm on the outside. It's I'm like not a 15-foot cage. At least, least. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if I'm on a table on the outside. It's yeah. a big drop. So I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, all right, this is going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to hit it, which will suck, but oh well. I mean, if you, as long as you tighten up and yeah, you, know, you should be okay with the table breaking your fall. And then I was like, or he's just going to overshoot it completely and miss the table, which will be funny. <laughs> which will be which, fucked which, up. Which yeah. I kind of was hoping for because I, I found him to be a bit of a dick. Um, and un, completely unprofessional. Uh, so now here comes the spot. He sets up the table, puts me on the table. Well, the table was rigged to break. At the time, I'm 227. He puts me on the table, breaks immediately. I mean, just breaks immediately. These weren't great tables anyway. But now, so people start kind of chuckling. Now he's pissed. So he's like, fuck it. I'm doing a, a swanton, which is like the Jeff Hardy move. I'm on, there's nothing breaking my fall. I'm on concrete now. And my legs propped up on this broken corner table. Fuck kayfabe. I'm like going, no, dive. Jimmy Snooker, dive. That's it. Like, uh. dive. Chris, my buddy who booked me for the show, who's, like, running the show, he gets wind of what's going on. He comes out and says, fuck kayfabe. Dive. Just a Jimmy Snooker dive. He gets to the top, and I see him get to the top of the cage. I'm like, all right, he's just going to do, like, a splash, you know, which is still going to suck because that's a ways up, and I'm on concrete. He's a big man. I also am like, oh, no, he's not. He just does. It wasn't even a swan. It was a front flip. All of his 260 pounds comes right on my leg, which is propped up, shoots my femur through my hip and pelvis, turns my leg all the way around. So I'm looking at my heel. I'm, like, looking at my heel. And I'm, like, throw up the X sign. I'm, like, go tell Chris to call 911. My leg's broke. Is that what that, that's what you do when you throw up the X? Yeah. is, is Bad. That, that, that's, bad. Yeah, this is, this is for real. So now the ref's gone. They're gone. They're, they're scurrying, trying to call 911. This idiot who knocked himself loopy comes over, grabs the leg that's inside out, tries to roll me up for a pin. I pop him in his ear, and I'm like, motherfucker, you just... Because at the time, I thought I broke my femur. So you just broke my leg. Uh, he didn't know where he was, to be honest. I mean, in his defense, but... And then, so now, like, it's... The ambulance get there. It takes a while for the ambulance because there's so many people. It's this bike fest, right? So they get me on this... In the ambulance. Get me to the emergency room. Now I'm in the emergency room hallway. I'm not even in a room. On this board, and I can't. My I'm looking at my leg, which is just mangled, like, and I'm in so much pain. And I'm like, why am I not in a room? And they're like, all the uh, all the ER rooms are taken up right now. I'm like, what what's going on? No, well, because these bikers at this rally were, you know, ODing. So now all these idiots are sitting there ODing in these uh, things that I've got an actual medical emergency, yeah. you know, and I can't get in. It was just a night. It was. I mean, it was a it was a nightmare of an accident. Uh, Sideshow did come come into my uh, 
he came and visited me in the hospital a couple days after uh, they did the initial surgery to like reconstruct my hip and pelvis. Uh, and the guy who injured me never did, even though he lived in town. He Facebook messaged me basically telling me that uh, he... Uh, Got to be tougher than that. <laughs> he he, basically, he he messaged me saying he wasn't going into business for himself and he didn't hear me and, um, you know, uh, and all this stuff. And and I just said, you're one, you're full of shit. I was like, there was no way that... It, a couple of people were saying it. Yeah. Some like, of the fans were saying it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I, I, well, I said you're full of shit because, one, I was like, don't tell me you weren't going into business for yourself. There's no way either of us, one, one of us was not walking out of there. So it was the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. Um, two, I, I bitched him out for being late to a show where he lives in town. Yeah. Uh, and then I just basically told him, like, look, I was like, I, I'm, cause I knew, I, I know Adam Pierce at WWE, Corey Graves. I know a lot of people at WWE. I was like, every one of them is going to know your name and not to use you. Because he was doing stuff with NXT. Okay. And he was, he was getting squashed, but still. I was like, you know, I was like, have fun for the rest of whatever career you have left, getting forty dollars yeah, a night if you're lucky, uh, being an NXT wannabe. And uh, then, but after that, like Gabe Sapolsky uh, heard what happened and they they blackballed him. Like, oh really? Right. Yeah. So uh, you wrestled for the Juggalos too, didn't you? Yeah. Oh man, I was on tour with the Juggalos. Did you really? Yeah, for the Midwest tour. Yeah. That's sweet. Was it, it was a time, man. Was it good, was it good parties? <laughs> That's what everybody says. It um, was a time. We go to the gathering and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean it was cool. Um, I mean, uh, it was it was it was like the most surreal thing on the face of the earth because the Midwest tour, like our our van consisted of me, uh, Kevin Gill, my tag team partner who was from uh, he was uh, from All Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, named Akira Raijin. He wrestled as Kiyoshi and. Uh, uh, TNA for a bit. He was like one of the great Muda's protégés. Okay. Um, and then also, besides me, Kevin, and Akira, I have Tracy Smothers, God rest his soul, who's one of my favorite human beings on the face of the earth, Raven, and Sabu. That's our car. You want to talk about an interesting fucking week on the car road? Ride, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little nightmarish, but it was fun. It was a good time. I mean, I really, but there really wasn't like, it wasn't as crazy as you would think. Did you it, even get to meet uh, Raven, Raven, Shaggy uh, and Tudo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaggy and Dude, Shaggy and Tudo. Are, they're, they're, oh, Sh- Shaggy and Violent J. Yeah, sorry, no, Joe yeah. and Joey are awesome. They're like the, the coolest dudes on the face. Oh, really? So they, they actually came up and talked to you, too? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was like, they're right. Like, what sucked was is... They like, wrestled, too. They, they, that's what they... I've worked with, I've yeah. worked with Jay. They're yeah, Violent cool. J, yeah. They're pretty cool people. We were we went to actual music video shoot, and our buddies in the music video okay. quite often. But they came out, they hung out with all of us for a little bit, and it was pretty cool. Was pretty Two sweet. of our guys just wrestled in Violent J's bathroom. I saw... I saw uh, that house really? party. Kenny yeah. Irvin and versus Gio Bronco. No fucking way. Yep, and then Rhino also... Rhino versus Nate Bach, yeah. Yep, Nate Bach. Nate Bach gave my kid uh, his a necklace off of his. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Nate's a good kid. Yeah, yeah that, that's like Rhino's. Like, uh, I, I don't want to use the term young boy, but that's like who he travels. Like his prodigy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like young boy sounds really creepy, but it's an old Japanese thing where it's like, hey, oh. this is my young boy. It's his. Yeah. It's his son's favorite wrestler. The first wrestling show he's ever been to. First time he's ever watched. Wrestling. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, I, like, um, yeah, I, I like. Kenny was texting me 
from this show, and I'm like, what are they even doing? Because I, JCW did a show from Violent J's house, but they did it in the backyard. I'm like, it's freezing out. Yeah. He's like, dude, we're wrestling in his house. There's not even a ring. I go, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you're wrestling? He's like, yeah. And then he messaged me because originally he was supposed to be in When this, was this? This is a couple weeks ago. Like Christmas time, New Year time? Yeah. Not that long not ago. Not long ago. Huh. Yeah. Within, and like, within a month. Yeah. Kenny like messaged me. He goes, dude, I'm wrestling Geo in. Because they needed somebody for the bathroom match because they had something got changed around. So Kenny grabbed Geo, who's one of our like new newer guys. He's like, dude. So he like pitched it, and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, listen, as far as a pro wrestling match goes in a bathroom, <laughs> Kenny Urban versus Gio Bronco is at least in the top three. <laughs> at least the top right. three. Right. That dude, that's. I believe uh, George Hackenschmidt and uh, I believe Farmer Burns went uh, 30 minutes in a bathroom, and I'm making this up. Yeah. Oh, I was like, "What?" Yeah. Farmer Burns, Lu- yeah. Luthez, and Vern Gagne. I think they went. Uh, I think they went to a Broadway, sixty-minute Broadway, <laughs> in a stall. Did uh, where did they all over? They were just fucking his house up. Yeah, yeah. Each each match was in a different room. Yeah. Like Teddy Hart wrestled fucking too tough. Tony, he, he's gonna go. Room. He's gonna go look it up now. Yeah. Oh, for, for oh, sure. dude, you gotta watch it. It's there. Like, I, I, like I told Kenny, I was like, I, as soon as he said that, I was like, somebody better be getting a swirly. I yeah, said, no doubt. Somebody, Did somebody get a swirly? You'll, You'll have, have to, to find, watch, watch and find motherfucker. Out. No. <laughs> that's cool, man. I, that's cool that they have that. Yeah, that, that's I like. This. So, do you like because you run the Skull and Bones? Do you have like? Ends with some of the managers you've been in the, the industry. I mean, I've got. Long. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, we obviously we have ends with Impact. You know, I, I mean, but as far as like, and we we've got a friend. Of no, the, just like just some promotions. Like yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, the for sure. lesser promotions and shit you have. Yeah, you know? we're gonna be like once wrestling starts like getting on its feet again. We're actually like our brand new guys are basically going to be not even our brand, but like a lot of our team are. We're uh, affiliated with uh, Live Pro Wrestling out of Fremont, Ohio. Tim Horner Jr. books it. Um, he, it's great. It's in this little theater. It's perfect for like your first match too, because it's like it's a fr- Fremont crowds are not too big. They're not. They it can fit. Oh, he does nice shows, but it, it fits make, maybe two hundred people. So it's not super big, not super intimidating. Right. The crowds are easy. Like they're not smart marks, so it's not like you have to you know do a three fifty off the top through a flaming table to get a pop. Right. You know what I mean? They're they're big into story and like telling a story in a match, yeah. you know. Um, so we're gonna be like kind of a feeder group for them once they start rolling on. And then like, you know, Trey's been wrestling all over. I mean, so Trey's got connections with like, you know, a lot of the bigger promotions. Like Trey's like the Warrior Heavyweight Champion, which is out of Chicago, which is a huge promotion. Oh, really? So yeah, and a couple of our guys like Sam Beal and Jason Page have been on there and um you know, um, but yeah, I mean, we got. I mean, we got ends with other promotions for sure. Sam Beal's transformation over the last year. He, well, here's what's funny is that it's, he's like basically one of our completely homegrown guys because I started training Sam at a different school called NOW, and I trained him in uh, 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 wrestle Travis, who's another one of our team captains, but he wrestles as Ace Miles. Or used to wrestle as Ace Miles. He's going to be changing that up, but um, I got a hold of them when they were. Green as grass, never started. And then they, you know, once I left there and then they started doing some shows and stuff. And once I started opening the school, they were like the two guys I wanted, like to come, like, 
hey, guys, like, because I watch one of their matches, I'm like, this, this, and this is good. You need to work on this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. I was like, so, like, I, you guys should start coming to school. Yeah, you know, they hemmed and hawed forever. And then once they, like, once both of them did, both of them joined the school, and both of them have improved by leaps and bounds. I mean, Sam, physical and transformation and this gimmick, he's, I don't even know what the fuck his gimmick is. I love it's, it. It's just Sam Beal. Oh, I, yeah. I told him it's beautiful. Like, the like any, he would. I can see it going somewhere. I'm, I'm going to take one small piece of credit for Sam, except for the training. One small piece of credit for Sam Beal's gimmick. Not his wrestling training, his gimmick. So he's in the school, and he's like, CK, he's like, check out these, because he was wearing these orange glasses, right? And he found a pair of blue ones that were identical. He was on the road. He told me about this. Yeah. And then he was like, dude, he's like, I got two pairs. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you have your blue ones? I was like, start the promo, then take them off. And then have your orange ones, and those are going to be your angry glasses. Yeah. And then the first time he did it, I died. I yeah. was like, this is awesome. Yep, he told us all about that. He gave you credit and everything. Dude, yeah, he's such a good kid. And like, and now, like, and Trey, like with Trey's help, his in-ring is just coming leaps and bounds. Oh, he's, he does really good. Well, when we went to the boatyard, he was one person that stood out to me sure. because of his in present the presence inside the ring, the moves he was doing. Well, yeah, he's the fluidity. Yeah, he's the different. cockiness, the funniness, the yeah. you know. He's different too because he, you know, he his looks different. Like his favorite colors are orange, blue, and white. Yeah, like most guys, it's black. Me too. I mean, I'm crimson. I wear black right. and red. I'm crimson. Right. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just, I don't know what this gimmick is, but whatever it is, it's working, and I love it. And, like, even Alex Shelley, um, you know, one of the pioneers of X Division and, right. you know, I mean, his work is speaks for itself. Um, I could go on volumes. But uh, even Alex Shelley, like, is, told me, he's like, this kid's got potential. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I definitely see him going somewhere. I see Malcolm Monroe the third going, too. He's. He's real. I like the way he's doing it. And yeah, yeah. I, 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 like. I see Malcolm. I, I know Malcolm. I mean, I've, I've known MM3 for a while. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's been around the business his whole life too, which yeah, his dad, his grandpa. Yeah. yeah. But Sam is like, uh, you know, the natural. You yeah. Know? <laughs> we're gonna. Be, he's got to be getting. We're gonna get away from that though. The natural, because it's like I'm. Uh, I, I sent stuff for him to. Uh, AEW uh, to try and get him on a dark and um, one of my friends uh, he's a huge uh, uh, IP attorney but he represents about 90% of AEW he represents Jericho okay and he was telling I was talking to him about it and he goes well it's not going to do him any favors if he's using the natural because that's dust Dustin Rhodes isn't the natural. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, and I felt bad because Sam had just gotten T-shirts done. I'm like, yeah, well, you can keep the natural in the Indies, but we're gonna have to think of something else. We want to get you to, to go anywhere else. So yeah, because AEW, he would fit right on the AEW. I think he would fit in anywhere. That's what I was just gonna say. I thought I I told him to keep doing what he's doing. He, I, I can see him on fucking WWE. Well, he's got plenty of time too. He's a young guy. Yep, he's yeah. he, he's got a lot of drive, dude. He's 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 what. Training for wrestling, doing shows, and going to school at the yeah. same time. Yeah, I'm Travis both. I mean, like, I, it's funny nowadays, too, because, like, when I got in, I was just talking about me and Johnny Bravo were just talking about this yesterday. Um, when I got in, I was 23, and people were like, oh, they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, 23, and they were like, mm. it was like, that was late. 
Like, right. I was getting in late. Told you. I'm like, fuck, I'm 23. What do you mean I'm getting in late? And it was like, because like, and I remember like Dreamer, like talking to Dreamer at a show one time and being like, you know, do I, because he was like head of developmental at WWE. And I'm like, do I, do I need to send you more tapes? And he goes, no, he goes, I know you're a good worker. He goes, I just need you at 225 and jacked. He's like, that's not Tommy Dreamer talking. That's the office talking. Right. Back then it was like the cutoff was like, I think it was like 30, 32. Like they wouldn't even look at you if you were under six foot and 225 and not like, that was like the standard. Six foot, two twenty five, under thirty. Nowadays, they'll hire. I mean, now with the internet and the internet presence, is like they're. I mean, they're, AJ's my age. AJ Styles. I know he looks a lot better than I do, but he's my age. I mean, told you. Yeah. Nowadays, I know different. he's old. I, I've seen him through all of it. I followed his career. Uh, the thing is, if you have an internet presence and you can somehow, and they can make that translate into making money for the company, they'll sign you. They can be one hundred and two. They'll sign you. Well, maybe one hundred and two. I just, I just saw. I well, Flair's a different story, but I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, even if you're, like, if you've got something and you've got something on the internet and you, you're you not a, you're not a Ric Flair, you're not a legend. Right. You know what I mean? But you have something that they can sell and they think they can market and they can get a year or two out of you. Yeah, they'll probably, I mean, they might take the gamble on that. I think I heard yesterday DDP said he didn't start wrestling until after he was 30. He was 35. Huh? See? Yeah, he was 35 when he started. I got a couple of guys. My first student uh, joined, and he was in his 30s. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he didn't do nothing previously? or I mean, He was from scratch. I got a few of those guys that, are, that have joined there in, the, like, that are in their late 20s, early 30s. Doing so it's a different too, ball game. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, people always ask me, which I, I think I've lost students probably because of this, but, like, if I've had students inquire, they'll be like, well, how long is training? I'm like, I, I don't <laughs> Never. Always. Like, it's always. You're always right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you never stop. I, I, again, like, Alex Shelley I, trains every week at our school. He's been all over. He's wrestled for New Japan, All Japan, Zero One, Ring of Honor, TNA. WWE's offered him, you know, I, I think, I know they've offered him contracts in the past, which he's turned down. You know what I mean? And he trains every week. And it's like, you know, you, you never stop training. Yeah. Like, you never stop training. Like, the school Skull and Bones, like, uh, when I wanted to start the school, like, I wanted a school that I would, that I envisioned. You would like to go yeah, to? Yeah, because, like, when I was, like, I when I was coming up through Detroit, you always heard about the Can-Am Dojo. Like, that was the place to be, Border City, Can-Am Dojo. And, like, uh, Alex Shelley uh, was the one who got me in over there. And, like, I was expecting, like, the state-of-the-art facility. I keep hearing this can a shitty garage with a ring in it right i mean it was terrible i mean it was it was i mean it was it was a shitty garage with a ring in it. no heat or a little bit of heat no air conditioning i mean right. you know um so like my school you know i bought a brand new ring you know i've got kettlebells steel maces clubs battle ropes we got 335 pounds of free weights there um you know i got a tv with uh where we can hook up uh uh, a phone to it and watch film or we can tape or I have a camera where we tape matches we hook it up to the TV watch it like film and like football or anything mm-hmm. else right. I make him listen to our shows yeah yeah well, same deal yeah I mean, you're only gonna get better by doing that yeah so I mean like that's that's the thing it's like are we like other schools would be like hey you're here for 16 weeks and you're out you know what I mean yeah. and it's like you're you're gone well here it's like now like you're we're, as long as I'm open 
Like you're we're here. still training. Yeah. yeah, we're more like we're we're more on the ilk of like a, a motor. We're like a real life faction. We're like a motorcycle yeah. gang. That's what it, that's what it, that's what it seems like. Yeah, but I mean, like we, we, we all pay our dues, and yeah. yeah, you know, and we uh, and we all train and try to get better. It's just you guys like to wrestle instead of ride motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's sweet. So yeah, I mean, it's it's going good. Tomorrow, I'm really excited for. Um, it's been a big big week for us, man. I mean, we had, like I said, we had uh, Motor City Machine Guns and and Impact Champion Rich Swan working out there yesterday. Their hard to kill pay per view coming up next week, uh, where they're wrestling the good. Oh, they were practicing for that. Yeah, they were yeah. getting ready for that. Yeah, with that's within, sweet. They're wrestling the Good Brothers. Yeah, that's uh, and uh, Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion, um, on the pay per view. So that's really exciting. And then um, today I'm doing the Brain Jerk podcast, and uh, tomorrow we got Rhino and Gregory Iron will be also be doing a podcast with Trey Miguel tomorrow out of the school. So. Gregory Irons. Yeah, he was. Uh, they did a seminar with him. Yeah, um, Gregory recently. Irons. He's uh, he's he's got cerebral uh, palsy. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yep, cerebral palsy. Cerebral yeah. palsy. Yeah. yeah, but he's like this really talented wrestler. Like him and Zach Gowan were a tag team called the Handicap Heroes, and now he's part of this four four O H with Ricky Shane Page and uh, uh, Eric Ryan, uh, Atticus Coger, and there's another gentleman. But they're like. Huge in game changer wrestling. They're like a, that's sweet. Yeah, they're 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 gaining steam, which I'm glad for all those guys. They're all really good guys. Uh, did uh, how many champions have you won? Championships have you won over your years? Um, I mean, as far as like ones that actually like meant, you know what I mean? Because there are some places they'll put a belt on you. It's like okay, I mean, but I mean the ones I like. I I used to love wrestling for this promotion and, um. Erie, Pennsylvania was called Pro Wrestling Rampage. And they had a great crew there, and I had so much fun there. And, like, so when I, like, I was wrestling this guy who I can't believe he's not signed. His name's Big Time Bill Collier. And him and I had a great feud. And um, uh, I won the belt, and I dropped the belt to him. Um, so that was fun. Like, that meant, like, right. Because it was, it was right. a good time. Um, like, and the, the prime championship was cool just because you don't get to hold any of those championships. Depends either. on the, like the prime, like, uh, uh, PWO prime. I didn't, I, I try not to hold on to them quite frankly, cause I don't want the responsibility. I, you know what I mean? If this gets damaged, if I, somebody breaks into my, like, I, this is a true story. I had the pro wrestling rampage belt in my car and somebody broke into my car they stole my gear. My my gear and Castle's gear were both in my car, but they left the belt. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, because I was like, if they stole this belt, now I owe these guys a new belt. Bad enough, I got my gear stolen. Right. You know, um, but uh, so I, anytime I won a belt, I like, and they said, oh, no, you get to keep it. I'd be like, I'd rather not. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought, what I thought is you got like a replica. To take home with you? That's no, no, no. Same thing with the UFC. But like the UFC, the UFC gets to hold that. He gets to hold that belt. Is what no. you thought? Okay. No, I, mean, I like, think you get. I thought you got the belt. The new champion gets a new belt each yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, not like not an indie. No, is I mean, that what happens in the UFC? Yeah, I, I have no idea what happens in yeah, the UFC. The, U- oh. the new champion gets a new belt, and then nowadays they used to get a, another new belt, mm. but now they get a little gem. In the belt, they send it away to the jeweler. They put a gem. Oh, a gem. Oh, okay. In the belt. So, oh. so Israel's got like three gems because he's defended three times. 
Got you. Oh, Got shit. Nurmagomedov has, what, like eight times? Eight jumps? Seven or eight, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That sucks. You got to give the belt back. I don't even want this fucking thing, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's like, I mean, look, it's cool. Like, if somebody thinks enough of you, put their belt on you. But it's, you know, it's not something that, you know, not something. I I, I just, me personally. Do you have any replicas at your house? Um, I want to say, I think the only replica I ever got was before I got into wrestling, and that was the old NWA, like the old, oh, the old sweet NWA. one, yeah, not not the big gold, the one before that, the the like Harley Race NWA replica. Oh, okay, belt. yeah, that's the only one I ever got. Oh, okay, I'm getting a belt made for the school, but that's just basically. So, what is that going to be like? A friendly competition, like? No, it's just for me. <laughs> <laughs> we got belts made for a family con- uh, cooking contest. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I I love Japanese belts, like because some of them are real intricate with like this chain. So I've got them like they're gonna be doing one. Uh, I got a, a, the same guy who does like Ring of Honor's belts. I, I, I would give him a plug right now. I can't remember his name. Um, really nice dude, uh, but he does like Booker T's belts, and he's gonna do one for me. And it's gonna have like my logo, the hole in the heart crimson logo on like one of the side plates, and then Trey's logo mm-hmm. on the other side plate. So. That's sweet. Yeah. What, uh, what got you into wrestling in the first place? Uh, poor career choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was. I mean, I was like you guys, like everybody yeah. else. I was just. I was like. I started watching. I think the first wrestling match I was at my neighbor's house. We were me and the, my buddy. We live like our backyards connected, and we're at his house and we're playing with our He Man's and whatever. And his dad's just flipping through channels, and I remember he stopped on pro wrestling. I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. I do remember it was Ricky Steamboat. Not Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It was Ricky okay. Steamboat, white trunks, white boots, do a flying body press off the top rope. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then, like, after that, He-Man figures, Buck yep. Skeletor, these are wrestlers now. Yeah, You know, Mom's Ottoman is now the ring in our imaginary ropes. You know what I mean? So it just, I'd never, I, I never stopped watching. I mean, I never stopped watching. There was never a period in my life where I was like, yeah, I'm kind of over it. There were some periods of time where I didn't really, like the ni- early 90s, I wasn't as invested. I would still watch wrestling, but it was like, I would Jones for like the older, you know, the right. eight, the yeah. 80s. and Yeah, that's Hulk how Hogan I... versus Goldberg's. The... That's no, a, man, that's, not, oh, that's, that's 90s. That's 90s. That's 90, I'm, I'm no. talking about Hogan versus Piper. I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. We're the 90s. He's I'm the, the 80s, 80s man. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm an old chunk of coal. And I kind of feel that way about. When I watch it now, I was like, man, I really wish I could watch The Rock. I, when I watch it now and, like, The New Day comes out, I'm like... There's certain there's certain dudes that I do absolutely like, but... Oh, yeah, no, I like, I'm a big fan of, like, Bray Wyatt. I think his character's great. I think what he's done is great with it. Um, kind of, I mean, like, I, I'm not making any accusations, but I like it because it's kind of has, like, a similar feel to, like, Crimson. Like, I think they would work well together mm-hmm. in a match or against each other. Um, so I really kind of dig that because I like that kind of stuff, um, that kind of character, you know. Like yeah, so I always tell him if I was a if I was a wrestler, I'd be a similar character to you. Maybe not so dark, but right. I'd be a darker character. I'd wear face paint, all that. I'd come out the darker music. Well, the thing with me was when I used to do Crimson all the time was that I I was never out of character. Mm-hmm. Like even when. Like, because I would do these promos where I'd quote Nietzsche, and I, I like I wanted Crimson to come off as like a super villain, like a super smart mm-hmm. super villain. Like I was, 
I was picturing like the Joker, yep. like it's like that, like an evil mastermind, like, sadistic, smart guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like an evil genius. Those are the best get bad guys. Yeah. yeah. So like when me and John Bullen were tag teaming his Dead Wrestling Society, we always joked and it was like it's like the Joker and Bane. You're a tag team. I was, he's my muscle. Yep. I talk shit. He backs me up. I get the shit kicked out of me until I dive into thumbtacks. There we go. Um, <laughs> but, my leg folded in half yeah, by some yeah, jackass. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was because I used to think I was just bulletproof before that. I didn't care. Um, but uh, anyway, getting back to what I was, what the hell were we just talking about? Oh, uh, yeah. your character. We were talking about Crim, uh, how Crimson was. Uh, you guys were. Oh like yeah. Oh no, staying characters. Oh yeah, no, but staying this, character. Okay. But like yep. other guys, when they would sell merch, right, and they'd be like, "Bam, you know, heel or face." Go, gotcha. hey, how you doing? You know, and me. I kept my hood on the entire, I would keep my hood on the entire time, and I would never look at anybody. I would just sit there, and I would just stare up at the ceiling. And then when somebody would come by, and they'd be looking at my shirts, and then they would ask me, like, like um, they'd always be timid, be like, do you have a large, or do you, or do you have this design, or what sizes do you have? And I'd, I always had a piece of paper where I'd write with a Sharpie, like, size. <laughs> they'd be, like, large, and then I'd hand them, and I'd be, like, 20. I would never talk in person. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of cool. Yeah, it was yeah, just that's like creepy as shit too. Well, yeah, because like you know when you see me on these promos that I'm doing, I'm from a, like a, a, a lair, you know what I mean? And you know I'm quoting Nietzsche and I'm talking about, you know, uh you think uh sleeper hold, I think duct tape in a plastic bag, you know, like shit right, like yeah. that. You know, now you see me in person and I've got this hood on and I'm completely weird and I'm just staring like I'm listening intently to somebody somebody who's not there and all of a this person breaks my converse, concentration and I'm kind of staring at them and it's like Jesus Christ yeah, dude. so it kept the mystique going mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's that, cool. honestly that's what people love yeah. dude, that's dude. the whole reason The Undertaker was as popular as he was. yeah even like outside he never the... ever ever broke character he just recently started letting you in a little sure. bit sure yeah oh yeah, yeah. Just, just recently and, like, Bolin used to drive him nuts. He'd be like, dude, he's like, if we were talking to these fans, we'd probably make so much more money on merch. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I mean, I would even take pictures with it, even when I was, at like, a face, like, as Crimson. Because anywhere I've gone, I've usually somehow turned face because we had, like, me and, me and Bolin especially, because we had a cool look as a tag team. So and they always got to hate you before they can love you, right? And we were, like... He came in white hot. That's the truth, kind of. It is. They yeah. have to hate you, even, John Cena. Even when uh, uh, Edge and Christian came out with Gangrel, yeah. you know, they were the vampires. I mean, there's exceptions and, to the rule, but I mean, like that's. It, I mean, like look at look at. Uh, I always use '80s. Look at Roddy Piper. Yep. Yeah. Roddy, oh yeah. Roddy Piper was the most hated guy, and that was like that angle where Piper was. And with, they fucking loved and, him with Rod, Adrian Rod, Adonis and and Bob Orton and uh, Don Morocco turned on Piper. And that led up to Piper's retirement match at WrestleMania three, which I was there. That was the first angle I was like really super invested in, because I always liked Piper, but I also liked Hogan's. So I was like, ah, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I felt like I was betraying Hulkster, you know. Yeah. It was like one of those things. Piper and, was the best, one of the best bad guys. Though. Oh, dude, he was amazing. And then especially early Piper, he was yeah. great. And then like when he turned face, but he didn't change anything he did. He was still a heel. He still worked like a heel. Just the match was structured different. Right, because people started to love him. Yeah, and then like, and and then like, now he's like the hottest baby face. Like he's up there with Hogan. He's on par. Yeah, they gotta hate you before they love you. 
Mm-hmm. They do that. A lot of people. Heart and foundation. Then, and then when you, they love you and you turn into a heel. And if you turn it, yeah. I mean, it's cyclical, yeah. But like, That's I mean. the whole the NWO era. That, yeah. Yep, that, oh, dude. That's the, the ultimate heel is the Miz. When Sting turned into the, to the NWO, you're like, no. He put the red face makeup nah, on. I was never a big fan of that. Yeah. The red, the red and black Sting. I was like. I hated not a good that. Look. I didn't like that Sting. I like the, the white and black Sting. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> it was and cool. I actually, I saw a little uh, interview on YouTube. You we were talking about, uh, was it TNA? Yeah, oh, yeah. When How my you were little... sending, had sending things to them. And they... Yeah, we had, I mean, like, uh, this was before the current regime it was there. Like, yeah. Before, like, but, yeah, like. This interview, by the way, was, like, from 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it was the time I was telling you about where they had me sending stuff and that. Yeah. And, like, uh, I th- it was, um, I had found out that they were using a different guy. They gave the different guy the name Crimson. And I called Dreamer, who was with Impact at the time, and I was like, did they really just call somebody else Crimson? And he's like, look. He goes, yeah. He goes, it sucks. And Dreamer's like, give me his pep talk. He goes, look, you have no idea. He goes, I came up with so many ideas for WB Creative when I was wrestling there. And they'd be like, that's a great idea, but not for you, for this guy. He's like, so he goes, look. He goes, Dreamer loved my Crimson promo, so he was like, nobody can do this like you can. He's like, just give him a different name. So then I started cutting promos as... Instead of Crimson Like the Mask, I I just used the name Villain. And I'd end the promos instead of Crimson Like the Mask. Same look completely, but it was like B is for violence, so it was the villain. Okay. You know, vengeance, whatever. Okay, yeah, okay. So I cut like just a promo on Sting, and I cut a promo on Hogan. I think I even did one on Abyss and just sent him into D'Lo. And then like it was actually, it was uh, was Corey Graves who messaged me. And I'm like, I'm at my... uh, at the bar I manage, and I'm like, he's like, dude, you're being raped right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I kept getting, like, because it was when Sting and Hogan, and he was doing, like, the like the Joker Sting yep, era. Yep. And I started getting, like, tagged and stuff, and I'm like, they're like, this looks, like, people saying, dude, this kind of looks like what you're doing on PWO and, mm-hmm. or reminiscent of it. Right. And then when he did full-fledged Joker Sting, like, Corey Graves messaged me. He goes, dude, you're getting raped. Because he like did he like did this promo on Hogan and it was like, it was like, and I don't know. I mean, I have no proof of it. Right, somebody could have uh, had, right, had the same similar I idea. I did get it confirmed that it was kind of yeah. from a guy from TNA that was just pretty kabukiish. They did kind of steal my shit, but um, the guy who's no longer with the company. But um, uh, it was almost like they they wrote down my promo or, or said, hey, watch this and mm-hmm. just take what you can. Right. And like, because it was like it, the things he was saying. This is what you need to do. We've seen it. It, it yeah. looked just like your promo. Yeah, it was like it was just. It was. I mean, it was just. I don't know. It was bizarre. Uh, but I mean, that's different times now. So, you know, because you know he wears a grandma muumu all the time, and you know, we we kind of started that because he's got a whole thing where he, he plays Grandma Goik, and it's a character. You right. Know? So he'll wear a muumu, but. Shortly after we made that public, mm-hmm. I seen some other dude on a comedy channel wearing a moo moo. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't quite the same, but it was very similar to yeah, what we you were got, doing. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, beca- I mean, like, look now with every, now with all the content and everything's filmed. Yep, everything's up for grabs. Yep, everything. Yep. So if you can make it better, then you can do it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, that's, that's, I mean, listen, it wasn't the first time it's happened in wrestling. It's certainly not going to be the last. I I know of a bunch of stories like that, not just with Impact either. I've heard a few. Yeah. I've heard a few. Yeah, it happens. So, do you want to uh, plug everything you got going on? In? Yeah, and then we got one more question after that. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Skull and Bones Pro Wrestling and Fitness on Facebook. Uh, we're just, I'm, I'm, I'm super bad with my magic phone. So, um, uh, I thought Trey had an Instagram start first. I'm not sure if that's even still going, but I, I, we do have a Twitter coming out. Um, tomorrow at, from four to six, Rhino will be holding a seminar. This is open to all professional wrestlers and wrestling students. Um, this is not a meet and greet, uh, cause I've been contacted by some non-wrestlers, uh, just like Facebook friends who were like, Hey, right. can I stop up? And I'm like, no, this is for wrestling students. So $25 from four to six, well worth it. Um, sure. We got some good stuff planned for you. Um, and then, uh, Hard to Kill is the uh, uh, Impact pay-per-view coming up next Sunday, um, featuring friend of the schools, uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, in the main event with Rich Swan versus the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, and um, follow Trey Miguel wherever he is because he's awesome. Yep, he is. Uh, um, okay, so you got one thing to say to the world. What would it be? The last thing you would say to the world. Less talk, tighter pants. Boom. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk tighter pants. You pulled that one out of nowhere, yeah, dude. That was a good my, one. That's, that's my motto on everything, really. Let's yep. talk tighter pants. Sure, sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I actually used to know real quick where that comes from is like, you know how when like you're in school and they have like the teacher evaluations? Yeah. And they're like, what, as a teacher, what, what could I do better? Or what? That was my answer to everything. Let's talk tighter pants. Let's talk tighter pants. Nowadays, I'd probably be thrown in the hooskow or at least canceled or something. (laughs) You would. We're getting canceled right now as you speak. So, no. All right. That's it for episode uh, 45 of Pillar Talk, man. I hope you guys have a great night and uh, I'll see you guys then. Thanks for sitting down with us, man. It was really nice. Hey, no, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, We're signing out. See you later, guys. Peace out.